Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Let's give the Lord a great praise today. He's worthy of our praise. He is so worthy of our worship. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, almighty God. We glorify you. We exalt you. We extol you. We adore you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful God he is. I'm so thankful that I know him. I'm so thankful for the ability to be here today, the health to be here today, and as we look across this world over this last week or so, the freedom that we have to be here today when others do not have that freedom, and I'm thankful uh, that we have been blessed here in America, blessed with a great country that we can have the freedom to, to come and gather and worship as we will see fit, and I'm thankful for that thankful that God has allowed me to be back here. What a great honor it is uh, to preach in this pulpit where so many uh, great men and women of God have ministered and uh, giving honor today to the McGee family, your bishop and his wife, your pastor and his wife and family, the Masons. What a great team that God has put together uh, to lead this church and I'm thankful uh, for their leadership, thankful for their friendship over the years. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ruth. Ruth, the first chapter. We'll begin with verse 14. Ruth, the first chapter, verse number 14. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah, not not Oprah, but Orpah. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave, or she clung unto her. One kiss, the other clung. I want to preach to you today. I want to actually ask you a question. Kiss or cling? Will you kiss or will you cling? Would you set your Bibles down, lift your hands and hearts to heaven, and let's talk to the Lord. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this opportunity, God. We're so thankful for your power and your presence that we feel in this place. God, I'm asking you to anoint me, Lord, to preach your word the way you want it ministered today. God, touch every heart and every mind that it would be fertile soil for the seed of your word to fall upon today. God, I'm asking you to touch every life and every situation in this house today. God, let us leave here different than what we walked in. Let us be challenged and changed by your spirit and by your word. And we give you praise for what you're going to do in this house. In the mighty matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? And the Bible says not only to clap your hands, but shout unto God with a voice 
of trying. Can we add a shout to our hand clap? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You can be seated this morning. Backing up to the verse, first verse of that same chapter, we find how we got to that, that verse. Uh, but we find that there was a man and a, his wife and his two sons that were living in Bethlehem, Judah. And the Bible tells us that a famine hits the land. And this man and his wife and his two boys make a difficult and dumb decision. They leave a place called Bethlehem, Judah, because you've got to understand what Bethlehem, Judah means. Bethlehem, Judah means the house of God and the house of bread. So during a famine, they leave a place called the house of bread. That's a dumb thing to do because if a place called the house of bread doesn't have bread, no one is going to have bread. So their first mistake is they leave this house of God, this house of bread in a famine. But the next thing that they do that is a bad decision is found in the end of verse number 2. It says, and they came into the country of Moab. And they continued there. Their second mistake is that the Bible tells us that they continued or they remained there. See, there's one thing about making a mistake. We all make mistakes. We, we will all fail at times in our life. There's, that's part of being human. But the difference is we don't want to remain in our mistake. We don't want to stay in our faults and our failures. And this man and his wife and boys, they made a decision that would forever change their life. But the Bible says that they remained there. They continued there. It wasn't just an overnight stay, but they decided to stay and put down roots there. And Naomi's husband, he dies while in the land of Moab. And she's left with nothing but her sons. And her sons get married to Moabite women, one named Orpah, the other named Ruth, and they dwell there for about 10 years. Now, something you have to understand this morning about Moabites, Moabites are the offspring of Lot's drunkest and sensuous relationship with his daughter. Moabites have always been a type and shadow in the Word of God uh, that of our flesh and God's desire for us to separate from our, our spirit and our, our flesh. So much so uh, that God, when He is giving the law and the, the decree to Moses uh, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, he's telling Moses about uh, the house of God and, and who can go and who can't. One of the laws that God orchestrates in that moment, he says that a Moabite cannot enter into the house of God even to its 10th generation forever, they cannot enter the house of God. In other words, God was saying something that is born out of the flesh cannot go into my house. 
And I believe that is still true today. I believe that God still desires, as Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That's why when we come here, we need to say, God, crucify my flesh. Crucify my desires and my wants and my desires of what I want out of this service. And God, get rid of my Moabite spirit so that your spirit can rule and reign in me. The story progresses. Not only does this woman lose her husband, but ten years later, she loses both of her sons. And she is left with nothing but these two Moabites, these two foreign False idol God worshiping daughter-in-laws, and and if you progress in the story from uh, up to verse number uh, twenty, uh, when Naomi goes back to her people, they see her coming and they say, they, they say, here comes Naomi, and Naomi looks at them and says, don't call me Naomi. She said, but call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. And she said, I went out full. I thought I was leaving in a time of famine because I was wanting, because I was hurting, because I was empty. But she realizes now, after losing her husband and after losing her two sons, she says, I really was full then and now I have returned again empty. And if you think you're hurting right now, if you think you're in trouble right now, if you think things are bad right now, you just try doing it without God. You just try leaving the church. If you think you don't need a pastor and you don't need your brothers and sisters, you've not seen empty yet. You've not seen hurt yet. Just ask the prodigal. He thought he had problems in daddy's house, but then he found himself living in a pig pen we need to understand there's nowhere greater than right here I don't need to leave the house of God I don't need to leave the house of bread today so Naomi says to her two daughter-in-laws I've heard that God has blessed my people the house of bread has bread. And, and I'm going to go back to my people. I'm going to live, or live with my people. I'm going to leave your people. I'm going to leave uh, Moab and get back to Bethlehem, Judah. And, and the Bible says that they went up out of the place where they were, her and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to return unto the land of Judah. Naomi said, not only do I have to get back to the land of bread, but I got to get back to the land of Judah. I got to get back to the land of praise. I've been living in a foreign land. I, I, I've had a foreign praise. I, I, I've lost my praise. The enemy took my praise. So I've got to get back to the land of Judah. I've got to get back to the land of praise. And I can't help but think that there's some people here today that you need to get back to the land of Judah. 
You've been struggling for too long. You've been depressed for too long. You've been battling for too long. It's time to get your praise back. It's time to get back to the land of Judah today. And Naomi looks at her two daughter-in-laws. She says, go back to your mother's house. Go back to mama. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me and, and as you have dealt with the dead. The Lord grants you that you might find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them. They lifted up their voice and they wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Now notice something. Both of them began the long journey back to the land of Judah, back to Bethlehem, Judah. Both of them. Both of them are blessed by their mother-in-law, Naomi. Both of them are kissed by her. Both of them lift up their voices and, and both of them weep. Both of them initially state that they would go back with her to their, her people and her God. But that's where the similarities stop. Because in verse 14, it says they lifted up their voice and they wept again. And now something changes in the atmosphere. Something changes in the storyline here because Orpah kisses her mother-in-law. But Ruth says, I'm not happy with just a kiss. And she wraps her arms around her mother-in-law and the Bible says that she clave or she clung to Naomi and, she, and Naomi looks at her and she says, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You do the same. Follow after your sister-in-law. And then Ruth makes a decision. And she makes a declaration that would forever change her destiny, that would forever change the course of the Bible, that would forever change her lineage and her family. And she looks at her mother-in-law and she says, I know I can be like Orpah. I know I can go back to my people and my gods. But Naomi, there's something different about you. There's something different about my dead father-in-law. There's something different about my dead husband and brother-in-law. You guys had something that I did never see in Moab. You have something about you that I've never found before. And she looks at Naomi and she says, Naomi, I know leaving like my sister-in-law would be the easy route, but something has to change in my life. And she looks at her and she says, I will keep holding on. I will cling. I will grab a hold of this thing and I won't let go. And she says, she says, entreat me not to leave thee. I beg you, I don't want to leave. Don't make me go back. She said, I, I want to return. Don't make me return from following after thee. And she says, for whether thou goest, I will go. 
and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Then she says, thy people. I know I'm a Moabite. I know I'm not worthy. I know the Bible says I can't go to the house of God. But your people shall be my people. And thy God shall be my God. And whether thou diest, I will die. And whether thou art buried, the Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Like her sister-in-law, Ruth, Orpah initially wanted to accompany their mother-in-law, Naomi, and would return to her, to her native land of Bethlehem, Judah. But unlike Ruth, she finally accepted her mother-in-law's arguments, and she went back to Moab, back to her people, and back to her gods. One kissed, but the other clung. One went back to her God and her people, and the other one said, I'm choosing a new God and new people. And their decision changed forever. Because the story shifts, not just on a level of emotion, but on a level of commitment. Orpah disappears after the kiss. But Ruth made history. For clinging. See, we got to understand something here today. And I wish, I'm thankful the young people are in here because they need to hear what I'm getting ready to say because it's so important. But the decisions that we make in emotional moments have the ability to change our lives for better or worse forever. The decisions you make in moments of weakness, the decisions you make in moments of sickness, the decisions you make in moments of frustration, you don't understand. It's not just a decision that you're making here and now, but it will greatly affect your forever today. And Ruth, becomes a symbol of promise. The Messiah would come through her bloodline. It, it, but even though she becomes a symbol of promise, her sister-in-law Orpah would become a symbol of promiscuity. Because if you study it out, and Jew, the Jewish rabbis teach that when she left that day, one goes down to Bethlehem, Judah. She marries Boaz. And her life is forever changed. Orpah, that moment she leaves her mother-in-law and makes that decision to go back to Moab, Jewish history tells us that on her way, leaving her mother-in-law, she encounters a, a group of uh, 100 soldiers. And I'm not going to get graphic about what happened to her. But from what happened to her that night, she became impregnated with Goliath, the Philistine. She would become, would become pregnant and give birth to a great Philistine named Goliath. And Ruth would go on to become the grandmother of David who would later defeat Goliath in battle. One became the mother of spiritual giants and the other became the mother of physical giants. 
As a matter of fact, the, Jew, the Jewish rabbis teach, uh, they have a saying in Jewish history that may the sons of the one who kissed come and fall by the hand of the sons of the one who clung. Because kissers of the flesh will always war with the clingers of the spirit. Just look at a closely a close example. Uh, Abraham, I, he had to send Ishmael away for Isaac to become the son of promise. And we've got to get rid of our flesh today if we're going to live and dwell in the promises and the favor of God. There's another story in Genesis of someone who decided to cling. Genesis 32, verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. And there he wrestled a man until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now, Bishop, I've often asked myself, why did the angel touch his, his hip? Why didn't he dislocate his shoulder? Anybody ever had shoulder problems? Understands it's painful. It affects every part of your life. You can't work, you can't sleep, you can't do anything. So that would have been painful. Why didn't he dislocate his elbow or his wrist? When the angel decided to touch Jacob, he touched him in his hip and dislocated his hip. See, the reason why is because Jacob was a runner. He had spent his entire life running. He ran from his past. He ran from tricking his father. He ran from tricking uh, his brother. He ran from tricking his father-in-law. He had spent decades of his life running. He had always been a kisser. And ironically enough, Ruth, her name means friend. So she said, I'm going to be a friend. I'm going to have a relationship with you, Naomi. But you know what Orpah's name means? It means a young deer or a gazelle, something that runs. And Jacob, you're a runner. Every time the things got tough in your life, you just tucked tail and you took off and ran the opposite direction. You just left it all behind, Jacob. But now the angel touches your hip. In other words, he says, Jacob, from this moment forward, you're not going to run any longer. Jacob, you're not going to run from your past and your destiny and your future any longer. And he touches his hip and dislocates it. And the angel looks at him and he says, let me go for the daybreaking. We've been fighting all night long. And Jacob looks at the angel. Any other time, Jacob would have said, see you later. I'll talk to you later. I'll let you go. I'm t I don't want to fight anyway. I was just here minding my own business. And you snuck, on, snuck up on me and started a fight. Any other time, Jacob would have said, see you later, angel. But something had changed in him. 
See, that pain changed something in him. We need to understand when bad things happen to us, God's not trying to destroy us. He's not trying to hurt us. He's not trying to wound us, but he's trying to change us. And Jacob said, I'll never be that same person that I used to be. I'll never be that same man that I used to be. And he said, I'm going to let something change in me. And he said, I will not let go until you bless me. And I wish I had a Jacob in the house today that would get the same mentality. Yes, kissing it all goodbye would be easier. Yes, just walking out those doors would be easier. But I've got a decision to make today. I will not let go. I've got to hold on through it all. I've got to hold on and not let go today. The angel said, you're not going to be called Jacob any longer, but Israel, because now you have prevailed. See, if we want to be prevailers today, if we want to be victorious today, it doesn't come through the kiss. It comes through the cling today. And Jacob didn't just turn from a runner to a limper that day. He didn't just change from Jacob to Israel, but he switched from a kisser to a clinger in that moment. See, many times it's the things, hear me today, many times it's the things that cause some to leave that cause others to cleave. Our faults and our failures, our mistakes, our sins, our hurts, our pain, they can either make us leave God or they can make us cleave to God. There, there's another kissing story before I'm done here today. A kissing and clinging story in the Bible. It's, this time it's found in the New Testament. And it's actually distantly related to that initial story. But in Mark, the 14th chapter, verse 43, immediately while, immediately while he yet spake cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss... That same as he, take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goes straightway to him and said, Master, Master, and kissed him. See, Jesus, who ironically enough was a descendant of Ruth, is given that same kiss like Naomi was. Jesus had one disciple who kissed with the kiss of betrayal. But the 11 others clung to him. And the next time we see Judas, the kisser, he is swinging from a tree, another victim of suicide. But the next time we see the 11 disciples, the clingers, they're in an upper room, being filled with the Holy Ghost, being turned into world changers. And I want you to understand today, kissers keep themselves from becoming who they're supposed to become, but clingers become who they're supposed to become. They become world changers. And if you would understand the decision that you can even make today in this church service this morning, we can change your forever, can change and alter the course of history in your life will you kiss or will you cling today? 
See, the reason you can stand, I'm done, drawing to a close. The reason that marriage, marriages in America today end in an alarming statistic, almost 50% of the time, they end in divorce. Almost half of marriages end in divorce. The reason is, is because there's too many kissers and not enough clingers. Whether it's within hours, whether it's within days, weeks, or months, the honeymoon ends. Those butterflies in your tummy fly away. You have a disagreement, you have an argument, a fight, or maybe you just have a loud discussion with your spouse. Sickness hits, bills are due, and the fairy tale turns into a comedy a drama or a horror flick. You go to sleep one night with beauty and you wake up with the beast. Your morning breath and your messed up bed head hair is not what they remembered when they married you. It's at that moment that love must be more than just a feeling. It has to be a decision. It's at that very moment that we have to remember our most holy vows, how you promise to love and to cling for better or worse, for richer or poor, to remain faithful and loyal in good times and bad, in sickness and in health. And I want us to understand this morning that we are the bride of Christ. And we've got to choose to cling to him today. This relationship with our Savior cannot be some flirtatious kiss that we just come and, and we like what we feel when, when Brother Mason and Sister Mason are singing and we like what Pastor preaches and, and we like the goosebumps of the Holy Ghost. That's just a kiss relationship. That's not clinging to Him. Clinging is whenever it's Monday morning and the bills are due. Monday morning and I just got a, a bad doctor's report. Monday morning and my family member has passed away. Monday morning and it seems like all of hell is fighting against me. It's in that moment that I can't be a kisser, but I've got to be a clinger. So I ask you today, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, will you kiss or will you cling this morning? Will you leave or will you cleave? Will you be a kisser or a clinger? Will you be a lever or will you be a cleaver today? I wonder today if somebody came here with problems in your life. You came here with difficulties. You came here with frustrations. You came here with questions of why, God. You came here wounded. You came here fighting things in your life. You came here sick in your body. You came with your mind frustrated. But I hope today you understand that one decision can forever alter my world. One decision. God, I don't want to be an Orpah. 
I don't want to kiss this goodbye. I don't want to kiss my family goodbye. I don't want to kiss my marriage goodbye. I don't want to kiss my anointing and my ministry. I don't want to kiss this church goodbye. But God, I want to cling to you today. I want to grab a hold of this truth. I want to grab a hold of this message. I want to grab a hold of my Savior today. If you've never repented of your sins, you ought to get a made-up mind today that I'm going to cling. God, I'm going to repent of my sins, and I'm going to cling to you, God. I'm going to kiss the world goodbye. I'm going to kiss my sins and my addictions goodbye. And I'm going to cling to you today, God. If you've never been baptized in the only name under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus, you need to make a decision today. I'm kissing the old man goodbye. I'm kissing that old lifestyle goodbye. And I'm going to cling to Jesus. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you got to make a decision today that I'm not leaving the same way I walked in. I'm not going to be a kisser any longer, but I'm going to cling to his spirit. I'm going to cling to this altar, and I'll be like Jacob today, and I'll say, I will not let go until you bless me. I will not get up off of my knees. I will not get my face out of the carpet until something changes in my life. So this altar is open right now. But it's open not for kissers. Because the kissers are ready to go eat. The kissers are ready to walk out of here and go take their Sunday afternoon nap. But the clingers are going to say, I'm going to hold on for a little while. I'm not ready to leave his presence just yet. I'm not ready to leave this house just yet. I've got to get a hold of Jesus today. I've got to grab a hold of something that's real. I've got to quit kissing everything and leaving in times of difficulty. And I've got to grab a hold of something that's real today. Come on, somebody cling to him today. Somebody be like Ruth and grab a hold of this thing and say, I'm not going to let go. I'm not ever going to leave. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I'm going to cling to you today. I'm going to cling to my Savior. I'm going to cling to the old rugged cross. I'm going to grab a hold of the altar, and I will not let go until you bless me today. Come on, clingers, make a decision today. I'm not going to kiss any longer. I'm going to hold on today. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.